Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on this show is Slick from Fit Like Slick 24-7 out of Locust Grove, Virginia. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing good, Britt. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's a pleasure having you here. Thanks for taking an hour out of your busy day to be here to give back to the industry a little bit. I'm excited to learn more about your facility. Before we dive in, give me a quick backstory as to what it was that got you started. You know, what made you decide to purchase this gym, become a gym owner? So um, dating back to uh, about almost a decade ago, um, I got into the fitness industry um as far as personal training and um prior to that i've always uh been into fitness um whether it's sports or um just working out and uh uh like some time transpired uh went by and um after being in the industry for uh some years now um i felt like i picked up on everything on uh as far as like things that work um, things that don't work, uh, how to properly run a facility. And um, I found an area uh, that I determined what that um, had a need for a fitness facility and, um, and Locust Grove. And um, I jumped on the opportunity, uh, didn't waste any time um, because I felt like there were a lot of people who could uh, benefit from things that I have to offer. And uh, that's what got me here today. Well, props to you for really making something out of that. You knew it was something that your community needed. And so you built this business. For our listeners, kind of give us an elevator pitch of Fit Like Slick. Tell us who you are, what services you have to provide, kind of paint a picture for us so we have a really good understanding of your business model before we move forward in this conversation. Of course. Uh, Fit Like Slick is a facility that's 24 hours for members. Um, We offer personal training, uh, one-on-one training group classes um, that include boxing, fitness, boxing, cardio, um, one-on-one boxing training. uh, If you uh, are a person who wants to fight and go that route. Um, We also offer nutritional advice, uh, free one-on-one assessments for members. And um, we're all about consistent hard work because uh, we believe those are the keys to reach uh, your goals in any aspect of life. Okay, cool. So a personalized kind of approach here. You have a personal training element. Um, There's a group fitness element here. And also um, people can come in and do whatever they want if if that's what they choose. Um, So walk me through things right now. As things currently stand, is it just you working in the business? Do you have any other trainers that help you out with things? So right now I have another trainer um, who does uh, everything on a boxing aspect. Uh, he's the former boxer, boxer himself. His name is Bishop, um, a former amateur uh, boxer. And he, uh, yeah, he does all of the coaching um, for the classes and uh, one-on-one training. Um, outside of that, uh, it's just myself. Uh, I do the personal training and um, just the regular day-to-day interaction with members and uh, member signups. Okay, cool. So you know, in this model where we have like 24 seven access, we have some group classes, we really count on personal training as being a good 
revenue driver, right? It brings in a little yep. bit more money than a normal 24-7 membership. Of course. Um, so as things currently stand, what percentage of your business would is coming from, you know, personal training right now? So personal training in itself uh, brings in the majority of the revenue. Um, I, I feel like that's the case with uh, with most gyms. Um, I think I could speak for many gym owners when I say that uh, personal training is going to be your driving force um, because of, like you said, uh, you can uh, it costs more because it's that one on one dynamic and you're, you're getting um, very in-depth instructions. And uh, yeah, so uh, with Fit Like Slick, it brings in uh, over 50% of the revenue. Wow, so a pretty pretty hefty amount there. Um, right. Let me ask you this, if you could increase, like, like realistically in your schedule right now, do you have time to take on more clients or are you and the other trainer pretty tapped out? No, uh, we both have uh, time to take on more more clients, and uh, we have taken on uh, a few more uh, within this past couple of weeks um, as the summer season starts to wind down. So, sweet. So you guys are looking to grow that part of your business, then. Um, and so you also have group classes. How many group classes do you guys have going on a week? Um, group classes we do three a week now. Um, so it's like a. Kids boxing and um, adult boxing and um, a regular just uh, everyone kettlebells class. And those are the, the, the three main classes that we're doing um, on a weekly basis. Okay, cool. So um, in total right now, um, how many members do you guys have in the, in the facility? So every day, um, your regular members, uh, we have 30. Um, and they come... At a, uh, at a wide range of times throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and the afternoons is when we do our group classes. Um, so anytime throughout the week, we can see anywhere from 20 to 30 um, members who come solely for the group classes. And personal training uh, with one-on-one training, whether it's boxing or uh, with myself, um, it's about 10 to 12 uh, clients that attend on a monthly basis. Okay. Um, and so is that a place where you feel good? You feel comfortable or are you looking to hit the gas, grow the memberships, get more faces in the door? Um, I'm definitely looking to hit the gas and, um, up the membership base, up the, uh, personal training client members, and, um, just to continue to see the facility grow and the community thrive and their, um, in their goals and, uh, just been, just being uh, more physical, I guess, mm-hmm. and um, just bettering, bettering themselves. Yeah, walk me through some of the things that you're doing to aid that growth process to find new clients that you're able to help. So uh, social media um, is a big key for me, um, whether it's uh, advertising or just posting the results. Uh, that's another thing that's uh, been a driving force is um, – uh, priding ourselves on being result driven. So when people see results, I feel like um, that speaks for itself. Like that's going to be a driving force. That's going to attract more people because they're going to want that those results. So social media has been a big key. Um, I've also um, went the every door direct mailing route, um, just uh, getting out flyers and information into the uh, surrounding community. But um, word of mouth 
um, social media advertising and um, just getting results. Those are and were the driving forces of, uh, of the growth to the gym. Yeah, props to you for really diving into the social media route because I think that a lot of us are really frightened by that idea. You know, the mm -hmm. idea to take the route of social media to go down that avenue if we don't know if we're going to get a return on our investment. Um, so right. with have you tried the paid advertising side of social media or just is it all organic? No, so it's a little bit of both. Um, I feel like the paid the paid advertising route does work, but um, you kind of uh, touched on like being the risk of not uh, seeing the return of your investment. I feel like um, every aspect has that has or runs into that risk. So I mean, you try it, you see if it works, and if it does, you stick with it. If not, you um, just find another avenue. But the um, the advertising on social media has uh, been beneficial for myself. So I can speak on that part. Yeah. So if you say that it's been beneficial for you, you know, how many clients would you say that you've been able to bring in strictly through social media? And is it, are you constantly running ads or is it kind of like here and there that you've tried them? So it's, it's kind of here and there. Um, like during the summer season, um, any gym owner can tell you that's going to be your slower time. So that's typically when I run the majority of my ads, like campaigns. Right now we're doing a $1 special where that covers your first month um, in terms of membership and all, all of your fees. Um, also, we're doing a half off personal training for your first month. So um, from the advertising, I would say I, I got half of my new clients from there um, in terms of personal training and a quarter of the uh, gym membership base. Okay, is there a reason why you haven't, like, like why you only do the ads, like, during the slower months? Like, is there a reason why you don't do them, like, all, like, have them constantly running? Um, I felt like during the fall um, and, like, the early winter, so, mm -hmm. like, say, your September through January, um, uh, people are naturally going to look for a gym if they're if they're active, and um, I don't feel like I uh, there's a need to do advertising because um, I feel like the change in weather is going to naturally draw those people into a into a facility. And um, the the past year or so, that's what I've seen. So I'm just going off uh, that that past year of experience. Yeah, yeah, I get that. And I think like, you know, there's always going to be seasonalities and ebbs and flows when it comes to like when we're looking at new clients grow, like new getting new clients in, but you definitely have this space in, in your facility right now to take on more clients. And so right. um, the more clients that we have flowing in, the faster we're able to grow and, and really fill that space. Um, next question that I have for you, slick would be if you look at your business right now what would you see say was your biggest bottleneck your biggest challenge the number one thing that's kind of like that one thing that kind of keeps you up at night business wise <laughs> that you just are trying to figure out um i guess i would say it's uh just just trying to grow trying to not uh be stagnant um trying to see constant monthly and weekly growth, whether it's new members or new personal training clients 
or just um, more people coming to um, try the group classes. So uh, it's, it's uh, not not standing stand in one place, not um, definitely not uh, taking steps back, but um, just constantly wanting to um, just make the business successful, um, to make the community better. I guess that's my that's what keeps me up at night. Um, just um, that pressure. It is it is a little bit of pressure um, to keep going. And uh, yeah, that's that's uh, definitely a, a key factor in uh, many sleepless nights. Yeah, for sure. And I think like for most of us, like we never know the angle to take. We never know the route that we're going to the path that we're going to take to get us to where we want to go. Um, right. And <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, of course, that's going to keep you up at night. If you could have a magic wand and everything, you know, happened exactly how you wanted it to, what would that look like? So um, with this current facility, it, it will look like uh, constant um, people coming in and out, um, getting the work in that they need, um, um, seeing results, um, at least 90% of the people um, getting results, getting meeting their goals, um, setting new goals and uh, achieving that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's uh, what I would do with that magic wand. I would, I would, I would uh, just try to make it happen. Yeah. Um, and so what do you, so to make that a reality and not necessarily just a magic wand type situation, what do you feel like it's super important for you to focus on right now in your business? Um, just keeping that, that pedal to the metal, so to speak. Um, just constantly um, staying on my clients to make sure that they're doing what they need to do to get the results. Um, so that way they can tell their friends or tell other people who are in their community who they see have a need and uh, just refer them and tell them about the great things that are happening down at Feel Like Slick. Awesome. Um, and I want to ask you like kind of one final juicy question to wrap things up. And I like this portion of the podcast because it gives you a chance to be insightful. Um, what would, if you had a word of advice to give to somebody new to this industry, somebody who's just started a business today, what would you share with them? I think the best form of advice would be keep going because there are going to be many times where things come, come, come along the road and you're going to feel like breaking down. You're going to feel like giving up. You might even, um, have people in your ear telling you to give up, telling you to throw in a towel, which is something that, that I have experienced. But I would just tell them, I would just tell them to keep going. Like if your back isn't against the wall, if you're not between that rock and a hard place, but even if you are, just try to wiggle out and uh, just try your best and just go until you can't anymore. Yeah, of course. Um, well, I really appreciate you being here today, Ricky. And I thank you for sharing your insight on the industry. Um, what's the Instagram page for the gym? Where can our listeners go to find you online? Well, find me on Instagram. You can go to Fit Like Slick. 24-7. Also on Facebook, Fit Like Slick, 24-7. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm excited to check it out. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords Podcast, fill out the link in the description and we'll be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, 
head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us, we have Aaron Ellis of Live Life Moving, coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida. Aaron, how are you today, sir? What's going on? I am doing well. It's rainy season down here, and I'm enjoying the rain. Yes. (laughs) Seems like you need it down in that part of the country. Now, Aaron, obviously, our our goal for today, the, the crux of what we're here to talk about is Live Life Moving. Before we dive off into the business side of things, why don't you give us a little bit of context here? When you talk to people about this studio and what it is that you do, what do you tell them? How do you describe Live Life Moving? Uh, Well, I describe it as a personal training studio designed for a happy and active life. We specialize in adults 50 plus and making sure that they have a way uh, to exercise that feels good sustainable for the rest of their life um, and helps them enjoy their retirement and the rest of their life without worrying about being sedentary. Yeah. Mainly for the the older demographic, but keeping in mind that we're still delivering a fitness component to this and it doesn't sound like it's a, a watered down class. It sounds like it's still a challenge, nope. but you guys <laughs> deliver it in, in quite a, an interesting way. Tell us a little bit about the modality of this because it's somewhat unique in what you truly deliver. Sure. Um, well, we, uh, um, I, my background in fitness, uh, started with, um, a traditional Pilates training in New York city at power Pilates, uh, fully certified in the traditional method. Uh, and I bring that up just because, um, you know, there's a lot of other ways of approaching Pilates that might seem like, they're achieving some of the same goals, but um, they're also really intimidating. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we, what I've done is, is really taken the traditional principles and let that kind of drive um, where we go. And we combine that with functional strength training designed for the older adult. Um, and with that, they're building the mobility and the flexibility and they're getting the support of the Pilates equipment as opposed to using it as a cable machine or straight, like you've, like a lot, there's a lot of imagery out there that it becomes this like cable machine or gym piece yeah. of equipment, which is not really what it was invented for. It's in, sure. It does get you strong from the inside out, but it's really there to support the body in ways that I've found in other modalities that it's really difficult to do to get somebody yeah. up and running again. And then the back half is, you know, all the functional movements you need for everyday life, sit up, stand up, uh, sit to stand, uh, transferring weight, stepping upstairs, all of that stuff. But it is um, not necessarily a gentle workout. No. That no. <laughs> it, it's progressive and appropriate, but, you know, we really also, a bulk of our clientele used to work out a lot as well and can't anymore due to injuries or whatever, but they still want to feel strong and powerful. So we've, we're still really dedicated to making sure people feel like they're, they're really strong and powerful. 
<laughs> yeah, the, the effort is certainly there. The intensity might be scaled to ability as you're talking about, but Aaron, give us an idea of the origin story of this. You mentioned New York City kind of being the where you got your start, but how did we go from New York to Florida? When did all of this translate down south? Um, well, as far as the transition coming down south, it was around the pand the during the pandemic. Um, okay. uh, Live Life Moving is a brand I opened in 2016, but started uh, in 2003. Um, but so Live Life Moving kind of was born out of a lot of those experiences. Um, and you know, I also traveled as a Les Mills trainer, teaching body training instructors uh -huh. to do body pump, things like that. So I got to see what was going on, especially where beginners were concerned. And I just felt like they're still not being served the way that they could. Um, so in 2016, I kind of embarked on this, you know, alternative to mainstream fitness thing to get more people exercising because we know 80% of about 80% of the population isn't doing anything at all. And, right. you know, we're not really doing a good job as, as far as promoting exercise truly at your own appropriate for you, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so uh, in Asbury Park, I played, I had a temporary space and, um, you know, really went through these different ways. I, at one point I had eight people stations with, barbells and I was trying to have everybody on their same pro a different program and it it was interesting yeah, <laughs> but, so um, a little bit of evolution along the yeah, way yeah there's the, right. it really has and it you know it always goes back to where you started it seems like the original idea um but anyway so after about three or four years of the space we knew uh, they we got the notice it was going to be torn down but luckily I had been oh, working wow. on a bigger space um, Asbury Park is where it was, and it was a beach town. So we only had two and a half months of really high season. The rest of it was kind of a struggle, to be honest. And so when the pandemic hit, um, we had had a, a new space that had a separate spin studio built out, a bigger space, so we could increase the class numbers and, and reduce the prices a little. Uh, but they were behind because we were in flux with the space our clients, you know, naturally would start to go other places. Yeah. Um, and any, and so we just decided, uh, I wasn't able to negotiate with the landlord to, to get through the pandemic, even though we weren't open yet, <laughs> but I was lucky enough to get out of the lease. So, mm, um, that helps. So Not we just so decided we were doing, lucky. yeah, I know. Right. That was the one thing other, other vendors got me, but <laughs> the, luckily with yeah. the lease, I was okay. Um, but, um, so we just had been, we'd been thinking about opening up in St. Pete. In fact, I was looking at a 2019 business plan and there was St. Pete was in there. And, uh, so we just decided to, to make the move and, and come down here. And at first it was, I was just going to stay virtual. Um, but you know, with this, with this, this, um, what do you call it? Concept. Uh, it was still really essential that there was a hands-on component as much as we sure. could. Sure. So a year after moving here, we f I finally found this space and opened up, expecting all the rents to be cheaper, which they're not down here. <laughs> <laughs> Commercial real Except estate I did is find, expensive I did find everywhere. A, a, a really good deal, but when I moved down here, I was like, it can't possibly be as bad as up north. And you know, St. Petersburg is was. going through its own renaissance and 
it's turning out to be this area is one of the highest cost of living places in the country, which I seem to keep finding. So <laughs> yeah, you you pulled the trigger right at the opportune moment. Now the like we already said, the, a number of evolutions of this, but as the studio stands now, we've got the in-person component. Do you still have the virtual component that you were talking about? I do. Like you know, that was super. I, this is my third time opening up a space and having that virtual. Um, that virtual revenue coming in was a godsend. It just, when opening up a new space, yeah. it was so nice to have that. Um, Maybe a little less urgent. I would imagine. Um, yeah. But um, it has been, we still were dealing, especially because the demographic, we're still dealing with COVID. We're still dealing with it now. Uh, mm-hmm. Where we'll, yeah. you know, like I just had it three weeks ago and I was out for a week and a half and then now we got clients getting it and not from us, but um, so it's it's, a susceptible population. It's definitely been up and down. Yeah. Or just really, yeah. And and really concerned and really. Okay. uh, Yeah. And so I think so many people that listen to this podcast, Aaron do so because they're looking to see how other facilities are marketing or attracting new clients with you having a little bit more specific of an avatar that you look for what's been working for you since you moved down to Florida to attract some of that 50 and over right well I'll be to be honest being new down here is being new down here so it's been taking me some time to (laughs) to get to know uh people but um I mean right now what I've been doing this time around, I, I was working with a fitness business coach and now I just transferred to a normal business coach. Um, but I really did get in, start networking a lot and okay. because we're a higher end, you know, I was seeing really what wasn't working. Um, so right now the majority of what I'm getting is through networking. Um, and I, uh, some Google ads. Oh, but okay. things like Facebook ads and don't really work for us right now. Uh, we are going to re-release our on-demand library and do some, uh, you know, and try to get that going again. And that will work better on Facebook. But you okay. know, because Why our do you price point pretty ads didn't work. It's just the price point. The lead quality is just not there for what we're doing in the studio right now. I see. Um, but as far as like doing a little lead generation and then once we get some kind of a lower price product, uh, I think that will help with that a little bit. I want to pick your brain on the, the digital advertising side of this because I think our industry has such a unique perspective when it comes to that. I think there's a lot of people that try it and get really, really jaded by it if they've mm-hmm. spent money and not seen a return. And there's people who swear by it and want to pour and dump gasoline on the fire. When you were doing the ads, was that with the the coach that you just mentioned? Was that done in-house by you? I've, How was I've that done, actually I, I've never, I've only once hired a digital company and that didn't work out for me because they were too young, to be honest. Um, and they okay. don't, they weren't really understanding the demographic. Um, uh what was the question? <laughs> Were you handling it in-house? Was it, was it you that yes. was doing it? Yes, I, I used to be in web design. It's the other thing I did before. Right before, uh-huh. between being a dancer and back into fitness, I was a web designer. And, and that was in the late 90s. So was, mm-hmm. things are a lot different now. Sure. Um, 
but you know, my passion for figuring out all things digital <laughs> carries me yep. through. Um, I, so I've done I a little that's, bit. That's, that's a big deal in our industry because there's a lot yeah. of people in our space who aren't passionate about anything digital and, and want to sort of live in the stone ages. I ask you, because it sounds like you've given it a shot in a number of different capacities. Yeah, I'll tell you, I mean, I think up north I had a little bit better luck. I, maybe I'm still trying to figure it out down here with the right clientele, but you know, we're our personal training studio um, and our rates are rather high. So, um, and I think then there's been a shift for sure in the, since there's been a shift in who even is spending time on Facebook anymore. Um, so I think that there's a lot of that going on. A lot of the higher end clientele aren't even on Facebook anymore, it seems. Um, I will tell you, though, with, you know, with Google ads, and I don't really know much of what I'm doing, but I can target uh, or at least the keyword pretty well, that pays for itself. Yes. Like, I get one client out of that, and it's paid for itself plus. Yeah. Um, um, but other than that, it's really just, I think it's knowing what your product is and what's going to work for you. Um, and, and, you know, stop banging your head against the wall with Facebook ads. If you're a high ticket client, cause a uh, high ticket, um, uh, would high ticket, uh, item, you know, because I just, I just find that those leads are pretty, um, lower, lower income or lower cost people looking for, yeah. Right. There, I mean, like I said before, there are people doing it really well and there are people doing it right. not so well and, and it can go either way. At the end of the day, you're getting leads from a couple of different sources from what it sounds I like. I think, but I think what it is with, for me with Facebook, especially this, you know, a big thing that's happened for me is I've really stopped training. This is the first time as a studio owner that I've just said, I'm just going to be an owner and not train anymore. And so I'm, I'm on my way to limiting that. And it's made such a huge difference in being able to get people in the door. Um, and, and I know time, people just buying that time back for yourself, uh, right? And you know, you need time. And, and, and even if you think oh, I'm going to do it between clients, you know, for me, I need like two hours at least to ramp up yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then, you know, and then I'm going, um, yeah. well, time and the, the mental capacity, right? If you're coaching exactly. classes all day, you're drinking, you're fried. Last thing you want to yeah, do is hop on Facebook or Google or ads manager in whatever capacity I get it. Yeah. Um, but so what I have been doing a lot more is like, I have a Facebook group. Um, and, and I guess what I'm talking about with Facebook is it's, it's, you know, the dishing out of a lot of money isn't necessary. And I think there's just a lot of ways to find high quality leads without at the, you know, at this point in my yeah. revenue. At the end of the to, day, everything that we have to talk about is got to resort back to ROI, right? The yeah, input exactly. In and what we're getting and then the output. It's And also it's I think what you en enjoy, I mean, what I find... I'd rather put in personal trainer as a search and see who's looking for one or, um, you know, be part of several groups and make sure I comment on people looking, you know, searching. So it's not as cold. Um, Any and then you get to, to immediately make, you get to immediately make a connection with them when you ask the right questions, instead of just dumping your credentials in the reply to a comment, you know, actually ask them questions and, start a conversation and that usually will lead uh, to a much uh, higher rate of closing the sale. Sure. So a little bit more involved in the process. And I want to, I want to take us to that next step. You, you mentioned 
higher rate of closing. When somebody reaches out to you, regardless of the source, maybe they're from Facebook, maybe they're from Google, walking off the street, wherever this person comes from, how does that sales process function? What typically happens before they officially sign up as a new client? Sure. Um, well, I, uh, they'll call or, or book, try to book a consultation online. We'll have a pre-qualification. So I'll talk to them, try to find out what their pain points are, how serious are they, and then I will present them with the price range. I'll, I'll present them with the solution. I'll explain what I do. Then I'll present them with the price range and see if they want to, co to commit to a consultation and assessment. Um, and so yeah. if they don't, then I'll put them on my nurturing list. Uh, if they do, then they have the consultation. We'll go over all their goals again. I'll explain what's going on. And, you know, I've been playing with this process. This is part of what was taught to me through the business coach. And I've been playing with it to make it my own. Um, yeah. And, you know, definitely for what I'm, there. yeah, definitely for what I'm doing is initially I didn't want to do a, a movement session, but it's, you know, they've, most of the, what's really what I love about my marketing is I don't market Pilates very heavily. I, I market move without pain. So really doing the benefits-based marketing. And then they're, they're, most of the people have never done Pilates before. So they come in and they need to get on the equipment to understand that it's not going to kill them, <laughs> that it feels good. Yeah. Um, you know, um, and then after that, usually, you know, uh, once they're, in, once I've got them in for a consult, it's usually like an 80% close rate on that. 80, so 80, 85%. Yeah. Um, and with you coming yeah. off of the training floor, is it you that handles most of these consults and sales? That's process? the other thing that's kind of morphing is, so I just feel like I was doing the consultation because I thought as a health coach, I'd kind of be the main point but it just, it doesn't seem to be the best solution. So uh, I'm, I've, I use Wix as my, my platform and I have built, I'm building a sales intake process for my trainers so that they have everything online that they need to ask and do. And, and we're gonna, you know, I'm gonna start having this, the trainers do it. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it so just able makes a to lot take a sense. step back even more, and the natural evolution of yeah. entrepreneurship steps in. Right at a certain point, you want to delegate these responsibilities. Yeah. As you look forward, Aaron, tell me a little bit about how you see the future of this business shaping up. Our conversation so far has really just been where do you get leads and, and how do we convert yeah. them. But what's the the bigger picture for you with this business? Where do you see things? A year from now, well, two years from now, five years from now. I mean, uh, I, the original plan was to do several different deliverables. As you know, what what we've developed, which is great, is you know, as far as the training goes, there's kind of like a we program every one to two months, and then from there, everything is just leveraged. So we can go into we're going to go back into on demand. Um, we might be working actually in corporate wellness, um, helping being a provider for active aging for a company, which is, um, and we also are, I'm, I'm, now that I'm really into the over uh, 50 market, I'm looking at things like 55 and over communities um, and trying to figure out what's the best way to go. Are we going to do a licensing thing? I'd love to set up mini studios in these different communities and have um, 
you know, we're, we're developing a really nice training program for instructors. So, so as far as live goes, you know, we definitely are looking at in a year opening up a second location on the other side of town here. Um, and then eventually, you know, uh, I'm not sure if, we'll, you know, uh, both my partner and I are, we're Les Mills trainers. So we have a big passion for coaching people um, and doing teacher training. So I have a feeling we will try to do some licensing and possibly um, offering some teacher training programs as well. So there's a professional education side of this and that's also designed and I'd love to do a marketing component but it's just designed on how to reach these people in a different way. And, you know, I feel like I've solved a lot of these problems um, on how to market to these people, not just the older market, but people who are afraid to exercise yeah. um, and providing assistance with that as well. It's a, it's a fun question, Aaron, because entrepreneurship allows you to go whatever route makes sense yeah. for you right it, it sounds like you still have the desire to have this studio component but evolving it to the next phase of this business and, and really delivering the instructor side of this the professional development as you turned yeah. it it allows you to impact even more people down the road. I think the licensing play is a certain, certainly a, an interesting way to go about it, but it'll be cool to see how it shapes up for you. Because yeah. like I said, you could, you could take this any number of ways. So, and I think that, you know, overall there's, there's just, there's a bravery and there's some, uh, and support that's needed in order for people to switch their marketing style. Cause it's pretty scary to totally switch from maybe like showing, showing marketing style or, or what I call the rock star marketing style, where it's about the trainer and really truly shifting to it being about the client. Um, and it's, it's scary, but if you hold on, it works. <laughs> and, and it's super enjoyable. Like the whole idea of, you know, what are the clients you want, going after the clients you want instead of just the clients that pay. Is, yeah. is pretty it's, awesome yeah, <laughs> when it's you a, find it. It's an advantageous position to be in. And it, it all resorts back to the marketing that you were talking about, right? Good marketing at the end of the yeah. day should repel people who aren't the right fit for your product just as much as it should attract people who do fit your, yeah. your need. So and the, I Aaron, think the that's other... a fantastic place for us to start to wrap up. I'm sorry, we're, we're running right. a bit shy on time here. But before we sign out of here, give the people listening a quick idea of, of where they could find you. What's the best website? Where are the social media accounts? How can they find out more about yeah. this? So the website is livelifemoving.com and on Facebook and Instagram's live life moving as well. Um, those are the, the easiest ways to, to find me. Fantastic. Simple and straightforward live life moving down in St. Petersburg. Aaron, this has been a bunch of fun. I really, really appreciate your, your willingness to contribute and talk about the successes as well as the struggles of entrepreneurship. We'll have to get you back on sometime again in the future because it sounds like you and I have a number of things that we didn't quite get Absolutely. to. <laughs> for the time being, I appreciate it. I can't wish you, and even, excuse me, I can't wait to see how this shapes up for you in the future and I wish you nothing but the best. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it.
Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Montero, and today we're joined by April Wilhite from CrossFit Brock in Brock, Texas. April, what's going on? Not much. Just trying oh. to stay cool down here. It's hot. It is how hot. hot. How hot is it today? Well, I'm in my car and it reads 107 and it has not dropped below 100 for Gosh, I don't know, over a month? I mean, it's been ridiculous. It got hot down here early, and it has stayed hot. Do you ever get used to it or no? Um, so, no, but we just got back from a trip from Mexico, and it was, it was equally as hot down there, but it was really humid. So when I came back, it actually felt cool here, just there because goes. there was no, not as much humidity, but right. I don't know. I mean, it, it's hot. <laughs> know that i get used to it nowhere to hot yeah do you have uh so we have a crossfit gym crossfit brock do you have a is your gym climate controlled or is it no garage doors fans so i have um i've got three bay doors or three like barn doors um and it is i've got a big ass fan in the ceiling and then i've got six oscillating fans that run on the wall um i have ac or an ac unit in the kids room an ac unit in the bathroom and that is it so like afternoon classes, I run my music off of an iPad and I have to put it in the drink refrigerator because it gets so hot, wow. the iPad quits never working. Yeah. I've never, it's that's hot. a good for that. It's it hot. Hot. <laughs> that's real CrossFit to me. That's that's like 2011 CrossFit. I love it. Right? Wow. All socks. <laughs> that'll, make you, that'll make you pretty fit, I think. So uh, so CrossFit Brock. So we're here to talk some business, uh, what you guys are all about. So say, say I ran into you in the grocery store April would be a kind of your elevator pitch as to what CrossFit Brock is and what you guys are all about. Okay. Um, I would, I would probably start, you would probably ask me, <laughs> you know, is CrossFit going to make me bulky? Is CrossFit scary? Do I have, will I look like the games athletes? And we are unique. Uh, we're out in the country. We're the only CrossFit around for, I mean, we're the, we're the last CrossFit that you'll get to until you reach Abilene. Um, everybody moves out into our area to raise kids, to raise a family. So 
the majority of us are moms and dads um, just trying to be fitter. Um, There's a couple of us that still like to compete. There's a couple of us that um, are, you know, still, I guess, still in it really for the competition aspect, but then the majority of everybody, um, I've got a guy, I said, what are your goals with CrossFit? And he's like, I don't want to be the fat guy on the boat. Like, I don't want to be the fat dad on the boat. So that we're really just trying to be better versions of ourselves. I mean, we're, you're not going to come in and see a bunch of 20 year olds with their shirts off and, you know, hopped up on testosterone. We are just normal people trying to be better. Um, so I don't know. I, I like it. We all live in the same community. So we interact with each other a lot. Um, our kids play sports together. They all go to school together. Um, and that's probably the, the majority, the average of our, of our gym. So yeah, I love it. Just Uh, is what it is. No, normal people trying to be better. So I think that's, I think that's awesome. And I think that's, uh, that makes up a large amount of people that we can appeal to, right? Like, Right, right. Yeah, the athletes and the competitors, it's fun and it's great, but um, it's a small, small group. So like this, the, the normal yeah, focus, we're going to feel that more, which is great. And you said they're in a community, a lot of families moving out there, uh, which is perfect um, client for us to serve. So with CrossFit Brock, <clears throat> your current location, I know you've been there like four years, right? Why did you choose this, this space that you're in right now? <clears throat> so um, I, I, the CrossFit gym is actually on my property. Um, it's, I can look out my kitchen window and see straight into the gym. It's my house, my yard, the driveway, and then the gym. So it is literally, I have three acres and it is on my gym, like on, I mean, on my property. Um, the reason that we chose the proper or chose that setup is because, um, we were driving to a gym, uh, about 30 minutes away and they had asked, you know, maybe do we want to buy it, etc. And, at the time we were evaluating just kind of our town and whether or not it was ready for a gym. Should we buy this one 30 minutes away? Um, and so I, um, I was married at the time and he traveled out, uh, out of town three or four days a week. And so I knew it would be up to me to run the majority of the classes until we found coaches, etc. I have five kids and I did not want to have to wake them up. Yeah. Wow. Um, I didn't want to have to wake them up. I wanted something that was conducive to my schedule, to their schedule. So it made sense for us to have it um, across our driveway so that I could leave my kids asleep. Um, And I didn't, you know, I didn't have to take them there after school or anything like that. And so we decided to go ahead and build it right there on our property. It looks like a really big shop. It's not a metal building. It matches the house. Um, So I've had people come to the, to the gym and stay because they say it feels safe. My entire property is fenced. Um, their kids run around, they play on my playground. Um, they jump on the trampoline. We have a zip line. Like, so their kids, they're not allowed in the house, but they use the yard and they feel safe. They like the fact that it's not in an, in an industrial, uh, complex. And I think that kind of goes hand in hand with where we live as well. Right. So a, a lot of people out there um, have moved out that direction because they want a little bit more space. They want their kids to feel safe. And so I feel like this is a good, like it just fits well. Like it's in conjunction with the lifestyle that people are trying to live by moving out far, you know, this far West. So yeah, uh, right there. 
yeah, a lot of pros and some, I think pros and cons to having the- Oh, absolutely, absolutely. One, obviously you guys own the land, which is great. And the, and the building is yours. So you don't have to pay anybody any rent, which is awesome. So a hard asset. I'm just thinking out loud and playing devil's advocate, right? Part of my job. Um, it's crazy. I, I probably already thought about it. <laughs> like, like the next, so kind of the next question, kind of hand in hand. It's like, how do you go about marketing to get members into your gym and part of this CrossFit, especially being in a small town? And then does, so let's talk about that first. And I want to talk about if having the, the gym on your property uh, is a con at all in any way. That makes sense. But first, how do you go about marketing the business? So um, we get a lot of word of mouth. We get a lot of, you know, hey, my friend works out here or my, uh, my son's baseball coach works out here or whatever. So we get a lot of just uh, word of mouth, um, obviously living in a small town. Um, but then I really try to utilize social media. So Instagram, Facebook, um, I do see a direct correlation with the more I post, the more uh, emails I receive, the more questions that I get. So for me, that works. Um, I have yet to hire any kind of, um, you know, recruiter or, or whatever they call themselves like I don't want to grow that big I want it to especially in the first couple of years I didn't want to grow bigger than what I felt like I could handle um and so I'm I've been I've been okay now in the next six months or a year I may change my mind um and decide that I need help with marketing um outside of just what it's done organically but I've, been, I've had good success because the town is so small, people talk, um, and if they're looking for community in their workout, they usually find me. Um, there's not much out there. There's uh, a, a gym that somebody has at their house that they have a keypad access to, um, and it's like a Globo-type gym, and that's the only other option. That's I it, mean, well. that's it, where we are, yeah. You guys can have a little monopoly on fitness there, and, and, and Brock, right? yeah. So you said yeah. earlier, a few minutes ago, April, like, uh, you don't want to grow too big, at least right now, not today. Um, why don't you want to grow as big as possible right now? Any particular reasons? Um, financially was a big point for me. Um, I didn't want to get in over my head and take on something that I um, didn't feel like I could sustain. Uh, corona kind of scared me a little bit. Sure. Uh, we shut down you know, like everybody else, the first, I think, six weeks. Um, so when I reopened, um, I, I was, one, thankful that I didn't have a uh, rent, monthly rent payment because I think that would have been really hard to sustain during corona. Um, so I was, I was glad that I didn't, you know, do that. I was glad that it was there, you know, that I own the building. Um, and then I just... Authenticity is really important to me, and I wanted to just—I wanted to create a really good base with the people that were there. Um, and I feel like I've accomplished that. I feel like I have a really good, solid core group of members. Um, but I didn't want to—I—I I just didn't want to grow faster than what I felt like it was going to do on its own. So, yeah, um, I don't know that I'm at that place anymore. I feel like that I've done what I set out to do, and I think I'm ready to take it to the next step and really make it big bigger i love you yeah. right and uh, yeah we'll definitely highlight that here in a minute but and uh yeah like there's always this line of like you know growing or maintaining and it's like when we work out it's like hard to maintain our fitness level and it's hard to maintain a business so i think to me maintenance means we kind of we're going down so growing is great right long story right. short 
So you have uh, group classes are your bread and butter, the regular CrossFit group class. Are there any other services you have attached to that? Ways to increase average revenue per member, you know, personal training, supplements, nutrition, clinics. You talked about some competitions earlier. Right. Um, I've done a handful of personal training um, for some different clients over the years. Um, most of them have wanted, have been scared to try CrossFit. And so I've offered personal training, even though it's disguised as CrossFit. Right. And I'll highlight, okay, what you just did is what we would do in a class. Right. Um, so I've done that just kind of as an intro whenever they feel comfortable to uh, jump into the classes. Um, so I've done it that way. I've had a couple people that I've trained that wanted to work on specific skills. So we would meet, you know, between classes and stuff like that, but it hasn't really stuck. And it's probably my fault just cause I haven't pursued it. Um, it's always a thought of mine. Cause I, I, I have another, a girlfriend that's a, um, gym owner and she's like, that is where it's at. You've got to get some personal training. Um, so I've, I've, I've just not pursued it as much as I should. Sure. Um, I did sell supplements for a while. I've kind of laid off of that, um, but I've been talking with you know another company about starting that back up again. So I want to increase that. Uh, we sell merchandise. Um, I'll do you know merchandise with an event that's coming up or you know special events here and there. Mer for Labor Day or you know whatever Memorial Day or Labor Day, I guess. Um, and then I just have standard stuff on hand um this past summer i did a kids camp i did two of them um so i ran like a june session and a july session session and i had three different age groups and it was very successful this summer yeah. uh, i didn't i did one two years ago i didn't do anything last summer um the first year i did it i was kind of frustrated i did the i i split the ages wrong and so i was really frustrated the kids were uh not separated by it just, I did it wrong. So this year I feel like I, I nailed it and it was really good. Um, I had a lot of kids from outside the gym, not just, you know, their parents go to the gym. So that was exciting to me. So I got some exposure there. Um, but the kids, I mean, if I could figure out how to, I don't have a big enough space to run adult classes and kid classes at the same time. But if I did, because of where we live and how much people put emphasis on their kids being in sports and, you know, wanting to better themselves and all that stuff, um, I think I could really have a niche market there because yeah, nobody else is doing it. Yeah. We'll pay crazy amounts for their kids. For crazy. Sure. For sports, so. too, like you said, at Texas, uh, football is huge there, obviously. So corner that market too. Yeah. And um, yeah, personal training is great. Right. Uh, I love you do the camp because obviously summer's slower in our industry. Right. So uh, those uh -huh. camps are great to make up for kind of maybe some lost revenue, like uh, in the slower months of the year, how April on CrossFit, I did it a thousand different ways. You alluded to it a little bit. How do you get a new member started at your gym? Are they doing personal training then? You put them into the class. Is there some other way? Well, to because, um, you know, it, it's, I have five other coaches, um, but they all have full-time jobs. Yeah. I don't have a full-time. I mean, it would be me. I would be the full-time head coach, I guess, self-proclaimed. Um, I do it on a case-by-case -case basis. So, um, if I feel like that the person is able to jump into a class setting, I am confident in all of my coaches that they can uh, modify and adapt on the fly. We don't get a ton of influx at one time. So we may have just a new member or maybe two per class. So I feel like that it's um, the other members are good enough to where you don't have to just 
you know, uh, micromanage them so I can help. I can spend a little bit more time with that person. I don't have any kind of on-ramp unless that person expresses, um, you know, specific, maybe they're nervous about joining a class or a class setting or whatever. And so I do have um, a foundations class that I have done for several people, but it's case by case. So I'll, I'll do like three sessions with them. And I basically run them through all, you know, just 101. This is a rower. This is how to get in and out of the rower. This is a wall ball. This is where the bikes are. This is where, this is where the bathroom is. This is, you know, I mean, cause there's some people that they're just nervous about that. They want to know, okay, when you say go grab a barbell, which barbell do I grab? Yeah. You know, so stuff like that. Um, and it usually, it's very basic. I don't really ever even have them do a workout when I do that. It's just basically introducing them to the equipment telling them what it is, uh, just so they feel a little bit confident when they're coming in, not completely lost. I go through all of our weird terminology, you know, this is AMRAP, this is what I mean when I say thruster, this is a you know, uh, snatch, like whatever, like just so they've seen it and they're not completely, completely lost. Even though I tell them, I'll repeat this a million times. You can ask me a million times. It's okay if you don't remember. So um, I've done that, but it, it is just a case by case basis. So for instance, I don't want to frustrate a, uh, a CrossFitter coming from another gym by saying, you have to go through the foundations class because they're going to be like, no, I don't need to. So I, I just try to ask questions, see where they're at with their athletic ability. Um, you know, it's pretty quick. I mean, I can gauge people pretty quick, um, you know, on, on their abilities, whether or not they have had any CrossFit experience, whether they are just naturally athletic. I mean, you kind of get a feel for it. So um, and then most of the time I will go ahead and start out just because I'm a female coach. Um, like if I have a guy, like I will just go ahead and tell him, I am not going to give you, you will have the PVC pipe today, or you will have the barbell or go ahead and just get it out of your head. You're going to get offended if I tell you that's too much weight or whatever. So I'm pretty upfront with telling him you're in my gym. You're going to do it how I think, because my ultimate goal is to keep everybody safe. So, and I do explain to him, I say, my goal is to help you guys be better in whatever it is that you do outside the gym, not get hurt inside the gym and then not be able to go do whatever it is that you want to do outside. And, and most everybody is receptive because yeah. of their place in life. You know, everybody's like, I get it. That's great. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah. Rule one. A case by case basis. hundred percent. Yeah. Rule one, don't get hurt. Right. And like cross right. is hard. It's a it's hard, the hardest work I have to go do. So like, there's that barrier to entry that makes it harder. So yeah, you want to make it as, as seamless and easy as possible. But I think that correlates into our next question really well is like retention, right? We get people in there who want to keep them for, for life for as long as possible. Um, CrossFit being the hard workout that it is, you know, we're doing it in the heat, uh, you know, no air conditioning, which I love, you know, and I think is great. And I think every gym should not have air conditioning. But um, <laughs> so you've been in April of four years. What is, uh, have you seen an average life cycle of a client with you? And being the only gym in town or two, I think it definitely helps you out. But have you seen how long people are normally staying for? Yes. So I would say the majority of my people stay. Nice. Um, I don't really have a huge turnover. Um, they, they're, they either move or they get pregnant or they think they can't work out when they're pregnant or they have a, a schedule change or something. But I've had very few people um, leave just because yeah. they, I, I, 
don't know. I mean, I have a really great core group and they've been with me from the beginning. So I'll add in a few people here and there, but um, I don't have a huge, I don't guess, I don't have a huge turnover rate. Maybe, I guess that would be, or they'll come back, like their seasons will change and they'll, they'll stop for a while, but then they, they come back. So I try not to make uh, bad blood with anyone. Um, I've had a couple people leave because of that, but you know, I, I try to keep that door open and people usually come back. Maybe it's because the it's only gym in town. I don't know, but I've had people that have been there since the beginning and they have no intentions of leaving. So yeah, those, those OG members, right? Those are, they're great yeah. to have. And, and yeah. you're doing a lot right if uh, retention is super low, which is great. What do you think, what are the things some best, are there some best practices that you're doing to keep your members engaged and happy and coming back? We do a lot together outside the gym. Nice. Yeah, so um, when I was, when, you know, the week before we were opening, month before, um, I was nervous just because, you know, we're opening a gym. I'm going to be in charge of coaching more classes than I had coached, you know, leading up to that. Um, so I, uh, I, I didn't have, um, what was I saying? I lost my train of thought. What were we uh, talking about? <laughs> we, we want uh, best practices for retention. You were talking about before you opened or you're going to be coaching more classes. Now your load is going to be bigger and heavier to carry your burden, but just some best practices you're doing to keep people happy. You mentioned that uh, you guys do a lot of outside events, all that sort of stuff. That's right. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm feeling sidetracked. So um, yes, we will, <laughs> we will, we will do a lot of things um, outside of the gym. I know where I was going with that. So um, early on, I was most nervous about coaching. That was, that was my main emphasis. I quickly realized that it was way more than that. So we have thrown baby showers. We've thrown engagement showers. Um, we had a member that her husband at the time tried to kill her and she came in and she was black and blue. And I mean, it was a crazy deal. And we all rallied around her and we had a, it wasn't a benefit workout, but it was, it was almost, I don't know. It was like, it was very, uh, it was, I don't know. Can I use the word spiritual? Like it was, sure. it was great. Like it was, um, it was just uh, a workout that was, bigger than what we were doing. Like there was a, a greater cause to that. So um, it, I, I've just seen it more as community rather than working out. Like that is no longer my fear that I'm not going to be a good enough coach, but right. it is really walking through life with people and getting to know them and asking those questions. When people come in, you want to ask about their vacation. You want to get to know them. You want to ask about their grandbaby. You want to ask about, you know, their daughter going off to college. Um, so I've, and I think I, I talked on this earlier about uh, being authentic and having authenticity. I, I want to be genuine because these people are, they are, they're who I do life with. Um, sure. I went through a divorce two years ago and um, they were, they were there. I mean, they were the people that carried me through the hardest time of my life. And so I don't take that lightly. And because of that, we will all genuinely like each other because we do more than just work out an hour a, mm. a day together. So. hundred percent. And I think that's the, that's the that's beauty of CrossFit. Like, what you just said there, April's like that community building, those relationships outside of the gym, 
they were able to foster and grow. And um, from your end, like basically leaving those emotional deposits with people every day. And that, that adds up over time to, to retention and being uh, having our clients engage as much as we can. So that's all great. Awesome. With all that being said, I know we got some, some ideas here in our head for the future of CrossFit Brock. Let's talk about that. Biggest opportunities for you. And there could be a few things, you know, next six months to 18 months, somewhere in that time frame. What are you looking to uh, accomplish yeah. with the business? So I think in the, in the immediate future, um, we've got schools starting back here in another week or so. And I feel like that always um, kind of e evokes a, a fresh start mentality. Um, so I want to capitalize on that. Um, I'm going to try something new this year and do advertise like a boot camp, like a six week, uh, you know, I'll help with nutrition. Um, I'll teach you how to count macros. Uh, I think what I'm going to do on that is run more of a... Um, uh, I hate to use the word boot camp, but less of a CrossFit style workout. So more just box jumps and kettlebell swings and, you know, not, I, I'm not going to teach anyone how to snatch their, you know, during the six weeks of CrossFit or of this intro or boot camp or whatever I'm going to call it. Um, so I want to try to go this route and see if I can help indoctrinate people or help them, I guess, ease into CrossFit by doing this. So hopefully they'll see some results and then, um, you know, take a, a specific number of people, uh, targets, maybe moms, you know, with their kids going back to school and stuff like that. Um, so that would be my immediate. I'm also going to try to figure out how I can keep the kid thing going um, yeah. during the school year, whether it's offering classes on Saturday or in the evening after I'm done with all my other classes. Um, I've also thought about doing a uh, homeschool class during the middle of the day. Um, when my kids were younger, I did homeschool them. I've got five kids and um, I homeschooled them for about six or seven years. And so um, I'm not, uh, I mean, I, I'm aware that the kids that are homeschooled don't have a, sure. a PE or sometimes they don't do any kind of recreational activities. Um, they're not involved in sports. They don't have those kind of opportunities. So uh, the group that we were involved with, I've thought about reaching out to them and offering something maybe during the middle of the day because my my gym is not being utilized for, you know, four hours during the middle part of the day. So um, I've, I've kind of had that in the back of my mind um, just to, to try to, you know, have a new push here for the fall, um, something that is maybe a little different than what I've been running with for the last four years. Um, and then location so I know we touched on it a little bit too the gym is on my property and it's been there for four years and it's been great um I'm at the crossroad now where trying to decide do I add on and grow it where it's at or do I um completely move locations and start over and and try to make it big yeah. um so the thought that I've had especially because we're the only ones out here is um having a CrossFit gym, possibly doubling, maybe tripling my space, um, and then adding a traditional lifting side to the gym. So having a separate entrance with a keypad um, and, and having equipment in there where people can access it 24-7. Um, and that way I get kind of the best of both worlds. I would have a separate membership for my uh, Globo Gym people. 
that would be separate from my CrossFit, but then also offer my CrossFit members, especially those that have been with me for all this time, access to that side. So if they want to go after class and lift or come in on the weekends or whatever they want to do, then they would have access to that side as well. Maybe throw a couple treadmills in there, you know, some cable machines, that kind of stuff, free weights. Um, but I think it would be really successful just for the sheer fact that there is nothing like that out here. And I think a lot of people would utilize that space. Um, so that's kind of what I'm thinking long-term. And I don't know how long-term, like, I'm not sure when all that will come about. 18 months, two years, three years. Like, I'm not really sure at what point I can swing it. But that's kind of my ultimate goal. I want to um, really have a heavy presence out here in Brock. Um, right before I opened the gym, I had heard kind of some maybe there was someone else thinking about opening a CrossFit and I was like, I, I got to get the name CrossFit Brock. Like I want that name uh, just because we are that small town, you know, Brock Eagles and yeah. everybody, I, I want it. It was important to me. And so uh, again, this is kind of that next step. I feel like it's the next wave of like, I want that bigger presence out here uh, because it's at my house. I don't know that everybody knows that CrossFit's in Brock. I think they do, but I'm talking people are moving out here by the, I mean, hundreds, like it daily, like it is, there is so much construction out here. You can't get anything done because everybody's just so backed up. I mean, it is insane, the growth rate out here. So awesome. I think if I was, um, you know, either off of the interstate or in the main town, like main part of the town, like I think people would, I think that, I think it would take off. So yeah. it's just scary. It's just scary. It's just oh, that yeah. whole risk versus reward. Like, of course. That's entrepreneurship, right? Especially in this fit. Right. Like, uh, yeah, I think it sounds great. And especially with no other really gyms like that near you. I mean, uh, yeah, no brainer. Like it's just uh, finding the right space and uh, timing. But like, there's never a great time. It's like you do it or you don't, right? Like, so it's like, but finding that space is key and making sure everything else is kind of right. And you already have members to go there with, which is huge. You're not starting from scratch, which is right. very hard. So that's kind of puts that little safety blanket there. Um, Absolutely. Which, which is massive. So April, last question, and I appreciate you sharing all that last part with us, uh, which is awesome. Uh, any lessons that you've learned, like one or two things um, in your four years here of being a business owner in the CrossFit space, that if you could go back in time and tell your younger self, uh, anything that comes to the top of your mind, and just for like our listeners that are listening, you know, that want to open a gym, it's kind of their goal, kind of help set them up for success uh, in a little better position, if you will. Yeah, I mean, I could probably do a whole other podcast just on that question alone. <laughs> it's awfully loaded for me. Um, I think the biggest thing that I have learned and developed and continue to develop is, um, is leadership, my leadership skills. Like, I was very nervous at first to step out and be a leader. Um, I was nervous how people would perceive me. I was nervous with being a female coach and right. now being a female owner. Um, I, I, I think I shortchanged myself a lot um, just by, by having that mindset, yeah. um, thinking these are my friends. They won't respect me if I stand up and be a leader. And that is exactly opposite. Um, they, they want me to be the leader. They want me to tell them, to, to guide them, to show them how to do it, to make them better, to help them be better. And it really, um, it really does stem with or from having an authentic relationship. I, I try so hard 
to, to make sure that I don't ask them to do something that I'm not doing, tell them to do something that I'm not doing. It is very important for me to, I guess, lead from the front just to make sure that if we're doing a nutrition challenge that I'm doing it, that I'm, that I'm making sure that I'm eating correctly, that I'm working out every day. Um, I don't want to have a place where it's a do as I say, not as I do. Um, so for me, it's important that I'm authentic in everything that I do, in my relationships, in the way that I lead, uh, in the things that I'm asking of them. Um, and, you know, there's been a lot that, that they've had, I mean, they've had a front row of the last couple of years of my life. They've watched my kids grow up. They've watched me struggle through some really hard times. Um, and I'm, I try not to uh, hide any of that from them because I've seen that it cultivates an even deeper relationship and an even deeper trust in me as their coach and as their owner. Um, and so that's where I'm set. Like when I say about retention, like I've got some really solid relationships that I know that if I started programming Zumba tomorrow, they would stay because they just, they are my friends and they trust me and they, they, they will follow me, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so I'm always constantly trying to learn and grow um, because I don't take that responsibility lightly. I mean, I have essentially, I'm in charge of 80 something people that are looking to me to help them be better. Um, so if I, if I don't have any new ideas or if I'm at a standstill, I feel like I'm doing wrong by them. Right. So I wanna continue to grow as you know myself as a person Um, I I listen to podcasts as much as I can. I try to read, you know, motivational books. Um, I try to be a part of conversations that, um, you know, grow my uh, knowledge base, I guess. And um, I don't do as much as I would like to, but I I, I try to do some uh, continuing education classes, you know, just to make sure that I'm continuing to sharpen my skills, et cetera, um, stuff like that. So uh, I love it. Yeah. I love right. it. And that's what a good leader does is what you just laid out exactly that. So like, and uh, what I've seen in my 12 plus years being in CrossFit, the best CrossFits uh, have somebody like you that is trying to pursue better and uh, be the best leader they can because people, people are looking for that, you know, and it's, uh, it makes a big difference at the end of the day. So April, uh, I think a great place to, to wrap this up. Uh, appreciate you coming out today, spending some time with us here in that Texas heat. Where can the listeners and where can we find you? Uh, website, social media, all that good stuff. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram, CrossFit Brock. Um, my website, CrossFitBrock.com. Facebook, same deal. I mean, it's all the same handle. So CrossFit Brock. <laughs> Easy enough. <laughs> I love it. You'll find it. <laughs> yeah, guys, check out CrossFit Brock, Instagram, Facebook, uh, website, all that good stuff. And uh, listeners, we appreciate you guys as well. Please hit like and subscribe to be notified for all of our future episodes. And until next time, Jim Lords, we are out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.